Japan as a country is shrinking. Not the actual, no. Japan as a population. So as a country, it's staying basically the same size. I mean, there might be erosion going on. I didn't check that statistic. I was looking at a different statistic. Uh, because if you've been to New Zealand, Japan before, you know I love the statistics. Statistics are super fun. Japan's population 2022. So they, they take a lot of time to resolve the actual surveys and whatnot from the previous year to make sure they're accurate. So we got, there was an 801,000 person decline in Japan last year. That's a lot of people. Uh, it's the first time that all 47 prefectures have, have declined in population. So usually Okinawa, they're down there in the sun, they're banging them out, they're increasing the population the way, you know, Okinawans do. That's now going to be a new like weird sexual phrase for me. You know, like Okinawans do. Um, but even there, Okinawa, I guess they got worn out. They did not increase the population this year. Uh, this, of course, has prompted calls to address the declining birth rate from the prime minister and programs and stuff. And we've talked about this a million times in Ninja News Japan. Uh, I've solved this problem many times over. And yes, it's not an easy fix. It's not an easy solution. It's not something that can just be done quickly. Uh, you need to change culture, to be honest. But I actually have other news stories coming up that's showing that you, culture can be changed and things will get better. Foreign residents rose to just under 3 million people and in Tokyo actually saw an increase in population, so just Tokyo itself, uh, because so many foreign people were going there for jobs and stuff. So you can see there's sort of a tentative solution. Our next story, though, is going to kind of show how that solution isn't really going to work out. Kumamoto. Uh, they wanted to include the phrase, including foreign nationals, to its definition of what a citizen is. So that would mean that the people in that kid, the people like myself, foreign nationals living in Kumamoto, would be considered citizens by the government. Now, this wouldn't actually give them any more rights. Like, I can't vote in Japan. Uh, other people, so it wouldn't actually like change anything. It would just be like, hey, you are now included in the city. You are a citizen of the city by being here. You pay taxes. You do all the things that citizens have to do. Uh, you follow the rules. You're a good person. You are welcome here. I think that was maybe the underlying message that you as a foreign resident are still welcome and are a member of the community. Where, how could that go wrong at all, ever? Well, they did a survey basically asking if this is okay. Public opposition uh, to this was 90%. So they went out and did a survey of the community. 90% of the community said, we don't want foreign nationals to be referred to as citizens. It's not going to change their rights or anything again. Let's just be clear of that. But the idea of calling them citizens was too big a door to open up. So they were like, no, shut that down right now. So the government of Kumoto has decided we are not going to add including foreign nationals in their definition of what a citizen is. Uh, the foreign numbers in the city, though, they're recognizing that those foreign numbers are going up. So they're like, well, you know, we're getting more and more foreign people who live here, more and more people are part of the community. We want to include them in part of the community. We should call them citizens. The people, on the other hand, are like, fuck those guys. Fuck those people. 
because they're not Japanese. <sighs> the government tried to say that this was based on a misunderstanding and not like massively rampant racism. <laughs> and this is the problem. Uh, as a foreign person living in Japan, you are never going to be accepted as a Japanese person. Like you might say that's because I look different, but hey, what's going on? Uh, you might say that's because I look different, but I, this is most of the foreign nationals in Japan are, uh, other Asians. So they're from Korea, they're from China, they're from other places in Asia. So they don't look different. So the race, the racism there is just straight up. We don't want anyone who isn't Japanese to be called Japanese. The government, again, they're trying to, they're trying to make it seem like the people in the city aren't like anti-foreigner but of course they are uh they said we do not believe that not specifying foreign nationals as citizens will exclude them i think that having 90 percent of your population say that the idea of calling a foreign national a citizen will exclude them i mean because basically the the people have made it very clear what they think of foreign people in japan I have run experiments, like live experiments on my students when I was teaching classes in Japan. And so they, I said, you know, if I had lived as a foreign person in Canada, if I had lived in Canada as long as I have lived in Japan, I've lived in Japan for 21 years now. If I'd lived that long in Canada, I would have been a naturalized citizen and everyone would call me Canadian. I mean, of course, there's racists everywhere, but the, the number of people who would accept me as a Canadian, huge number. In Japan... I could live here for the rest of my life, so let's say 40, 50, 60 years, and I will never be considered Japanese. I could learn perfect Japanese. I could, I could adopt Japanese lifestyles, and I could, I could take on their behaviors and stuff, and I still would never be Japanese. And that's it. It's just never. And then my students would say, well, that's not racism. You're just different. I'm like, well, that's literally what racism is. <laughs> And so I, I put an experiment to them. I, we, we were talking about police, and I said, you know, I, I, when I was young... I considered being a police officer. My students, said, oh, you'd be a really good police officer. You know, you're you're strong and you're serious, and you know how to you know how to you could handle people really well, and you know when to be strict and you know when to be kind, that kind of stuff. You'd be a great cop. And then I said, in Japan, and they all went dead silent, and they all went dead silent because the idea of a foreign person. And now these were not racist people, really, but they were saying that. Like they accepted me. They were taking these classes with me as the teacher. So they were like, you know, we're interested in foreign culture. We're interested in lots of stuff. We're open people. But the idea of a foreign person, a person, a non-Japanese person having authority over them in this situation. So like I pulled them over. Um, I said like if I did, I was a police officer in Japan and I did a traffic stop. I bet half the people I pull over would not consider like my authority. They wouldn't, they'd be like, well, he's foreign. He's not a police officer. So, and they'll just drive away. I a hundred percent think they would do that because the idea of a foreign person having actual real authority in Japan is inconceivable. And again, this isn't rampant racism. It's kind of a more generalized soft racism, maybe. And that's one of the issues that Japan needs to get past because the declining population is really only be saved in the short term by an increase in foreign residents who do jobs produce babies with Japanese people? And you need a more mixed society for Japan to survive. And I know Japanese people, that is the last thing they want. And this survey, 90% of the people in Kumamoto, 
And Dave will not stay still. Okay, I got to do something to get Dave to settle down. My rant about racism has been interrupted by my love for Dave. And that's how we stop racism. Love. <laughs> Don't know where I was going with that. But the solution, uh, the short-term solution to the population dec decline in Japan is to bring in more people who are not Japanese and make them Japanese. But when you get in Kumamoto, let's say, 90% of the people are opposed to the idea of calling a foreign person a citizen, even if they pay taxes and do all the things that citizens do. Again, again, no increase in their actual rights. They don't get to vote. They don't get to do other stuff. They don't get to hold public office. That still was a line too far for these people. Just giving them acknowledgement that they're part of the community. Okay, so Twitter. Recently rebranded to X. Uh, kind of a problem in Japan, because then it's going to be X Japan, is what they wanted to call it. In Japan, there is a glam rock band already called X Japan, so that name is already trademarked. It's not trademarked by like a guy like me who Twitter could just like bowl over with money and just like take it from them, which is exactly what they would do. It's not like they would, if I owned X Japan, the trademark, they would offer me a massive sum of money so that they could use it. They would try to steal it from me. And this is one of those things that you got to be really careful about, like these big companies and stuff. They'll just take from you if they can. But X-Japan is a massive, massive rock band in Japan. I never really listened to them. I don't know if their music is good or not. I'm not going to make a judgment because I haven't. It's not my thing. Um, so they've already run into a problem there. This has been very interesting as someone who lives in Japan, seeing the way Elon Musk is running stuff. I've talked about Elon Musk on C. McBee and stuff like that in the past. The, the issue is he doesn't seem to consider anything as he makes a decision. He just moves ahead. He just bowls ahead. So when Elon Musk took over Twitter, he fired a ton of staff and he fired almost all his PR groups, including the PR group in Japan. Thing is, labor laws in Japan are very much in favor of the worker. And a CEO taking over a company is not a justification for firing those people. So every single one of the PR people he fired in Japan, because that's the group I knew about. He fired them all like basically right away. They all had a massive legal case against Twitter that they 100% could win. Because the ruling in Japan is that if his new CEO takes over, he has to, you can't fire those people. You can move them around. You have to use the resources that you have and not fire any people. So a new CEO taking over a company is not a good justifiable reason to fire your staff. You have to use that staff first. And then if they fail to meet, meet some kind of like quota or whatever measurement that you try to put out there, then you could start considering firing. But that would have to be after a year or two years of you trying to use the staff you have. So I don't know. I, that story went away really quick. So I'm betting all those people just got massive payouts. Be, the thing is in Japan, it's not America. This is the problem. Uh, where I would actually say Japan needs to be a little more Americanized, they don't do punitive lawsuits. So you would have lost this much money for this year. We're going to pay you out this like 5 million yen. Um, but whereas in America, it would have been like 50, 60, 100 million yen because of the emotional damages that went along with it. They don't do any of that extra stuff. They don't, but like a company like Twitter, a guy like Musk, he needs to be punished before he's going to change his behavior, before he's going to take any of it seriously. So for him, paying each of these employees a year's salary to get rid of them, that's nothing. And he just probably just like settled, which is too bad. Because I would like to see him get into a little more trouble because he was absolutely flaunting the rules and just being an absolute 
douchebag that I think we've all come to know that's what he is. And then again, talking about abusing the system, uh, a couple was hiking in Goodman. These are in their 50s. Uh, around 2 p.m., the husband calls emergency services. He says, my wife has been injured. Her left foot. Uh, oh, my wife. Sorry, my dramatic reading kind of fell apart. My wife has injured her left foot and is having difficulty walking. So, of course, because they're on a mountain, they can't just go get her. They have to call out a helicopter. So they call out a helicopter. It's dispatched. Uh, and then they have like three or four firemen. They have some police officers. They're all out there. She's taken, she's, she's airlifted and taken to a hospital for an ingrown toenail. And again, they're, they're, this is Japan, so she didn't really get punished for this, which I was like, did they make her pay for the helicopter? Did they make her do all that? They should have at least embarrassed her because this was too much. This was like, the husband could have helped her walk down the mountain. Uh, they could have tried to cut the toenail. I don't know how bad it was, but an ingrown toenail. She was she managed to hike up the mountain to a certain degree, far enough that they couldn't just like pick her up with a car and drive her back. So she, I don't know, man. It's one of those things. Like, how do you punish people for abusing emergency services? Because they're not really ever going to understand emergency services it's the kind of person it's the it's the way they think this is kind of i guess elon musk has the same problem he thinks a certain way and he's not going to change the way he thinks he thinks he deserves to be able to do whatever he wants because of the way he's lived his life uh, because the world has been set up for him to succeed these people they thought ah we can call a helicopter to come pick up my wife because of her sore toe and yeah that's not going to change an employee took sick leave from a government position. So they had a doctor's certificate. So this was, you know, perfectly legal. They were allowed to take their sick leave. There's no argument there. Once you get a doctor's certificate to take sick leave, you get your time off in Japan. There's no sort of pushback on that. During the leave, though, they decided it would be really cool to go to cosplay events. Uh, Gothic Lolita ones. Okay. I, th I think I might be creepy. I have done a lot of stories about the 50-year-old dudes who are creepy. And I'm in my early 50s, and so am I getting creepier? It's a concern I have because I've done so many of these stories. I'm wondering if that is an inevitable path. Like, is it the inevitability that I will end up being the creepy dude? I'm hoping my awareness of it will reduce the reality. But I, I don't know. I don't. I will never know until it's too late. That's the problem. I'll do something. Someone will say, that's creepy. I'll go, oh, no, it was me. Um, but... My first thought, the reason I said that was my first thought was like, no pictures? Because she's at cosplay events posting pictures. I wanted to see the pictures just to check out what kind of cosplay she was doing. It said like a Lolita thing. I was like, okay, well, I'm interested. What does that look like? Uh, but then I was like, then I immediately thought like, oh, was that creepy of me? Because it's research. But does the fact of what she was wearing matter? No. I just wanted to see the pictures. That's all. When I read a story about something like this, I always want to see the pictures. Is it good cosplay? That's actually my first thought. Is it good cosplay? Is it bad cosplay? What kind of cosplay is it? Anyways. So this lady's supposed to be on set. <laughs> Jay just threw an ah, yes, research. I do. TBF, I want to see them too. Right? It's weird. And okay, but I maybe I've, a couple of times mentally I've been like, have I crossed the line with wanting to see these pictures? Uh, if it's terrible cosplay, why bother? If it's terrible cosplay, well, okay, there's more to this. So that's actually the bit we're going to get to. I'll do that maybe next time. Uh, I've had a, a rough 
a rough day. I'm going to Jade is very good at getting me to, to tangent from the story, but again, maybe the more interesting bits. This is not funny. Ninja News Japan, I try to keep things light, but I am exhausted today. I finished work. <laughs> yeah, so many tangents. So, but the thing is, the tangents are good. Tangents are the good part. Yesterday, I did an early shift and I covered someone else and I finished at four o'clock and I thought, awesome, I'm going to get home like five, 5.30. I can sit down, read all my news stories, get all my stuff prepped out for Ninja News Japan today. Uh, it didn't not work out. The train hit something. Now, there's only so many things the train can hit. I was in the car and I felt the train hit it and it was probably a person because we stopped, the train stops. Uh, we sat there for about 30 minutes. The police show up, uh, some firemen get on and they check that everyone's okay. And then we sit there for an hour and then we sit there for an hour and a half because now I'm sitting in an active crime scene. Uh, then to, I think it's three hours, two hours and some we were sitting on the train and then it went back to the previous station. We all got off. That train went away, had to wait for another train to come, uh, got on that train. It was met, crazy packed because no trains have been going for the last two, three hours. Uh, so it was one of those like cliche squishing people, pushing people onto the train car kind of thing. Get off like two, three, two, three stations. A bunch of people get off. So they're actually getting home. So I'm happy about that. that's not too bad. By the time I get to my transfer station, it's actually normal amount of people again. This old man, there was lots of space and you could get off the train quite easily. This old man was still in push mode. He decides to push past the people on my left and then pushes past me. I'm a large person. So I weigh like 90, 100, I probably weigh 90 kilos now. That's like two, 210. And this little Japanese old dude tries to push past me and I was so tempted to just push him back or hold him back so he couldn't get off the train. Uh, and then he gets past me and he pushes this other old man who gets really offended. Who was getting off the train? Again, there was no reason to push at all. Everyone was getting off the train. Um, so I got home last night at 8.30. So I finished at four. It took four and a half hours to get home last night because of this train accident. So I went, got home, sat around, watched some TV, and then went to bed, got up, started doing my preparations. So I'm just wasted today. Like I actually took all my energy last night. It's crazy. Um, anyways, back to this lady. <laughs> so she had been given sick leave. She had a doctor's note. During her sick leave, she thought it would be really cool to go to cosplay events, showing off her cosplay and her tattoos. Now, if you have a government position, you're not really supposed to have tattoos. It's not like they can say they won't hire you because of tattoos. But again, this is kind of going back to one of the earlier stories, these embedded philosophies or way of thinking, they are not changing. They still think people with tattoos should not have government positions. So probably she had tattoos like I do, where it's covered by a t-shirt. So I have a tattoo on my shoulder. I have one on my back, but you would never see it unless I took off my shirt to show you. She probably rolled up her sleeves. You could see her tats. She thought she's having a really good time. Under her pictures, she posted things like, I'm, I still have a hangover from the year-end party, that kind of stuff, because this was a few months ago. The city got an anonymous tip. So this was another thing, these anonymous tips. So that's like a coworker or someone who knows her. They have to be angry at you. They have to, so this is another thing. If you're going to sort of break rules, you got to keep the people around you happy. So I've broken rules at work. But my coworkers, my immediate coworkers, 
I've kept them very happy. I've covered for them. Therefore, I am pretty sure they will cover for me. I haven't been flagrant about breaking the rules, but I know inherently as a, a budding criminal, it's important to, you know, make sure the people around you are willing to support you in small ways. I don't expect them to put their jobs on the line, but if it comes down to like, hey, where's Peter? Oh, I don't know. Or he's in the bathroom or something like that. 100% they would do that. So if you're going to go on sick leave and then go to cosplay of play events and show off and talk about the hangovers at the partying you've been doing, you got to make sure you keep the people around you happy. So someone was unhappy, decided to do the anonymous report that, hey, there's an employee who's going to these events when they should be on sick leave. The woman was suspended because during sick leave, she should have been making every effort to recover, which I guess is technically true, but you could say going out, feeling good, having a good time is part of your recovery process. I think that'd be fair. Having fun helps you recover. Uh, Ignatz has put in the chat, fucking snitch. Yes, that is the feeling. I agree. Emotional recovery, I think, is where it should be. So here is, this, this, there's sort of an underlying theme of the, you have to change the way you think to be successful. Because the world is changing. In Hiroshima, there's a garbage collection company. Now, garbage collection, if I say garbage collector, your immediate image is a man. Because traditionally, this kind of job has been done by men. That's not saying it should exclusively be done by men. But if you are struggling to hire people, there is a group of people that you have not attracted to your garbage collection company, and that is women. So this company decided we're going to make some changes. Around 2018, a new, uh, 2016, a new young president came in. Young, I think, was the optimal word there, the important word. One of the complaints I've had about politics in Japan, it's being run by 70-year-olds. It's being run by people who don't understand the internet, people who don't know how a printer works, people who still think we should be hunkoing things with stamps. That's not cool. Those guys got to get out. We got to get some young blood in there. Younger than me. I'm actually now thinking I'm on the precipice of too old to change the world in a really positive way because I'm going to see like TikTokers on there like, well, I, I don't understand that. So we shouldn't have that. That's just not a good thing. No. Kids love TikTok. They should have their TikTok. Don't go crazy on it, of course, but don't go crazy on anything. That's just sort of a general rule. So this guy's like, I'm going to change the program. Uh, I'm going to make a worker-friendly environment. Now, if I want to make a worker-friendly environment for women, I need to have daycare. So in 2016, uh, 2018, that's where I got the numbers mixed up. 2018, this new young president introduces daycare for employees. Most of that, like running the daycare, is covered by government subsidies. So he's now providing free daycare for his employees. And that free daycare is being subsidized by the government. So he's paying almost nothing for this benefit, which is, again, this is some brilliant thinking on his part. So now women start joining the company. They've set up a system where your kid gets a fever. We, have, we can either sequester them. We can call you. Your superior will call you and say, it's time to take your kid and go home. So they make flexible work hours. So if your kid's sick, you immediately just get the day off. No questions, no argument. You got to take care of your kids. But knowing that the kid is safe, knowing the kid is knowing where they are because it's back at the office, so I know where to go get them. I know they'll be taken care of until I get there to take them home. Or I can actually just leave them there because they have like a whole area for the kids who have fever. Kids get fevers all the time. It's a really normal thing. This means that now 40% of the garbage collectors working for this company are women. So you can't say garbage man anymore because it is. It's garbage men, garbage women, and that's awesome. And now they have enough people 
to do their business and their business is flourishing, where others are struggling to hire people because it's all men and the men don't want to do this job or uh, they have other issues going on. My wife worked for an accounting firm. Not anymore. She used to. And I was like, you get paid almost nothing. What is the attractive aspect of this accounting firm? What he's done is he's hired a whole bunch of married women and give them incredibly flexible hours. So he pays them dirt, but they can pack up and leave anytime they have to do something. So we've got to take the kids to school, got to go to a school meeting, got to take care of something, just pack up and leave. No arguments, no complaints. And these women were overjoyed to have this job. So everyone there was really happy because they're like, I can make money. I can do stuff that it's interesting. It's like accounting can be quite challenging work, uh, but I don't have to sacrifice taking care of my family to do it. So if I need, again, kid gets a fever, I just go pick up the kid, bring them home, and I stay home with them for that day or maybe the next two or three days, and the company doesn't complain about it at all, doesn't give me a hard time. That worker, positive, friendly environment, those women were paid garbage, but none of them would quit the job. That's cool. And that's, again, sort of the change in philosophy has made these companies flourish where others still struggle. Okay, so the Barbie movie and Oppenheimer came out in the same day. And so that a bunch of people were like, oh, we're going to go do a double feature of the Barbie and Oppenheimer because the contrast, the juxtaposition of the two styles is going to be really interesting, funny. Haha, aren't we quirky people? And it kind of got the Barbenheimer hashtag took off uh, in the West. The thing is, Oppenheimer takes a slightly different tone in Japan because this is one of the places where they actually dropped the bomb that was created at the end of that movie. So Barbenheimer was seen as quite offensive by Japan. I think fairly so. Uh, This led to a problem where the official Barbie English Twitter account joined the Barbenheimer uh, hashtag and retweeted stuff and did all this stuff and they were making their own like haha isn't it funny barbie and oppenheimer in the same day uh, we love it this led to the japanese barbie account apologizing sort of because what they didn't say they were sorry they were like uh it's more like an explanation what they said was we didn't make the Barbenheimer hashtag. That was made by Americans. And we have no control over what those Americans do, much like making the bomb itself and then dropping it on us here in Japan. Uh, but it's regrettable if you're upset about it, which is a very, very common Japanese non-apology, like just saying it's regrettable. I'm not saying you shouldn't go see Barbie. I'm not saying you shouldn't go see Oppenheimer. I think they're probably both great movies. I probably will see them both myself. But yeah, people in Japan were a little annoyed by Barbenheimer. So they came up with the no Barbenheimer, essentially trying to ban both movies because of this. And I don't know, has Oppenheimer been participating in any of this? I actually didn't see. It's all been on the Barbie side. And they're all trying to make light and they make like a pink mushroom cloud and they they had... um, What's her name? Margot Robbie with uh, mushroom cloud hair. Uh, Yeah, I think in a place where the actual bomb has gone off, that might be considered in poor taste. 